Inspiring women to be their best self? What? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host once again, Brett Dupree, for episode 105. So today we're going to talk to Ingrid Kuki. And probably said her name wrong. I apologize. She'll say it right. I should say it right. Anyway, we're getting to the end of my podcast. I don't know why I'm starting this way. Brain melting, I guess. But first, we're going to talk about what's going on in my life. Because if I can't be vulnerable, how can I expect my guests to be? So I've been doing more and more of this cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's been fun to look at my emotions and my thoughts and be accountable to somebody. I think that's the thing I miss the most in my life. Because i also been doing this thing. I'm on TikTok. You can look at me. It's Brett Dupree. It's, you know, branded as it should have been since the beginning. Everything should have been Brett freaking Dupree. Would have been much easier. And then I could have it change anything, but it'll still go back to me. So if you want to do something in your life, do your freaking name. Unless you want to sell it, but I'm not going to sell Joyous Expansion. Anyway, well, I guess if you want to pay me for some Joyous Expansion, I'll sell it. So anyway, it's not worth anything. I guess I had a dream of selling it. Anyway, oh, what was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about being accountable to someone and how much that has, I think, helped. But I'm also in a state where I'm doing well. But I remember I was putting my stuff on TikTok. I was downloading my walking wisdoms from my Instagram, what nobody watched, and then putting them on TikTok where some people watch. So it's nice to see 1,100 to 500 views on some of those. Like, ah, that makes me feel special. It's more special than Instagram that's only going to be 20 to 30. I put a lot of my heart and soul into those things. But the one I did today I thought was interesting because it talked about how I made the mistake of going to action instead of working on mindset. And I wanted to do that again. See, there's this part of me that feels like I should have accomplished more in my life. And thinking to myself and trying to, even in my relationship or Toastmasters or even my job, thinking about the action of doing it and trying to my best to build those things instead of working on my mindset as I live those things. And I think that's just the way I need to live my life is constantly look at my mindset. How am I dealing with these things? How is, how is my emotional work on my observation ego and to constantly do that. And there's no point where it's going to be over. I know there's, you work on yourself enough and I do think, you know, you get kind of sick of yourself, you know? At least I could get kind of sick of myself. I mean, I think about myself all the freaking time. My self-ego is gigantic. And this idea of, you know, getting sick, but at the same time, when I'm pushed into action and I don't work on my mindset, I let my thoughts get away from me. I let my emotions get away from me. And then I get stuck in depression, which happened through COVID and losing light workers, which you can listen to on my previous podcast. And just dealing with all that in the world around me and not recognizing the fact that it's action, mindset, action, mindset, 
you know, it's it's a, like inspiration, intention, inspiration, action. I think that's my thing. Joyous expansion. It's intention. Uh, trying to I, being the person I want to be, and then getting into that mindset, getting into that vibration, getting into that feeling of it, and doing the action from there. That's something to keep from the law of attraction, I think. While I know the law of attraction may not work the way that it says it does, and a lot of things are problematic, the idea of at least doing your best to work on your mindset, I mean, I don't want to create a barrier, because you don't want to get to the point where, like, you're just working on your mindset and you're not doing anything, but it should be a consistent action. And I made the mistake once again of really wanting to get into action and proving these things work. And that caused me to forget the fact that I need to work on my mindset. And you, you get sick of it, you know? But I have the tools. I just, there's part of me that's like, I don't need to look up any more tools. Well, I didn't have to look up any more tools. I just had to use the many ones I had and constantly use them because I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly pushing my boundaries. That's never going to stop. And all that time, I feel like I didn't do enough mindset work. I should have ramped it up when COVID happened. I should have ramped it up when all the things happened. I should have ramped it up. And that was my mistake, is not recognizing the fact that I need to work on my mindset and my emotional body. It's like, oh, I'm hitting something. And yes, I did talk to therapists and stuff like that. Well, that actually started when at towards the end when I recognized I just can't live this way again. Made the mistake again. Of course, I always see it too late. I know I go on my when I'm talking about things on my podcast. That's because I figured out I need to work on them, and I've been stuck. I mean, that's just the way my mind works. And a lot of times, just talking about it on my podcast makes me realize it. It's just ah, doing this helps me. It's weird that way. But I hope that made sense. I hope it made sense in the sense where, like, never give up on the mindset. Never give up on working on your emotional intelligence. Life is going to hit you hard. And I've said this so many times. And so many times I forget. But life is going to hit you hard. There are going to be times in your life where things don't go the way you want them to. And that's the time to double down. To work on your mindset. To take care of your body. To talk to somebody. Get professional help. Get a coach. Get Go to meditations. Go to group things. Do things that serve you, that uplift you. Meditate. When things get hard, that's when you need to do them more. And constantly, when things start getting better, I tend to go back to my old bad habits. And I just need to keep that momentum. And so work on keeping that momentum. An object in motion stays in motion. So consistently... Check in with yourself. How are you doing? Is there anything you need to work on? Is there anything you need to let go? Is there a way you could live with more love today than you did yesterday? And what are the barriers or mental blocks or emotional blocks or energetic blocks that are keeping you from where you want to be and work on those? And we're about to talk to someone that can help you. Ingrid Cookie guides aspirational women who want to reinvent their careers to figure out whether their future lies in a different job, their own business, or work of their own design to create a vision for their life and take massive action. When they master their life design, they have the freedom to choose when and how they work, to be financially independent and do meaningful things. 
Ingrid is a transformational coach who is trained in neuro-linguistic programming who has combined her life experience with 30 years of leadership and management roles to bring her clients tangible, practical results while tapping into their goals and dreams. And now, here is my interview with Ingrid Cookie. Hello, Ingrid, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, how are you, Brent? I'm really happy to be here today. I am happy to have you on. Can you give the audience a brief introduction to who you are? My name is Ingrid Cookie. It's an unusual spelling and an unusual pronunciation. I am from Canberra, Australia, and I work with women who want to reinvent themselves and reinvent their career to figure out what it is they really want to do that's going to make their heart sing so that they can create a new vision for their life and take massive action. So who was Ingrid before you reinvented yourself? Well, I worked in the public sector, so in government for many years. I also did a fair bit of work in the private sector, but I guess for me it was the culmination of working in the government sector and feeling like, and anyone who works in government will probably get this, how constricting it can be and how if you've got a little bit of a creative spirit, how soul-destroying it can be, trying to uh, get through the bureaucracy. And I was, I had a year, I, I wasn't very well. I basically was overworking, but I didn't love what I did. But I was working myself into the ground because I had this belief that if I worked harder, then it would get better. But all it did was actually burn me out to a point where in 2014, I sort of had a run of what you might call really crap luck. So not only did my my mum pass away from bowel cancer that year and my brother six weeks later from complications with diabetes, but within another couple of weeks, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that was a little bit of an aha, I guess, for me, a little bit of catalyst to what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing something that I'm finding is soul destroying and what can I do differently so that's yeah that was that's me beforehand so overworked underappreciated feeling like I wasn't giving the best of myself so that I was you know the the things that I thought I was really good at I wasn't getting an opportunity to do those things and subsequently I guess I had sort of not a lot of meaning in the work that I did even though in theory, it was a space that I really loved working in. So if it's a space you really love working, how was it missing the meaning? Was it the hard work to it or was it? What uh, was it? it? No, it was the fact that I guess working in government is really is all about what a politician wants or what, what a parliament, a government wants. And government moves very slowly and I'm a little bit, like I said, a bit more creative. I like to try and do different things. I got frustrated that we, you know, we, we could see that there were problems. So I worked in a space where we were trying to help unemployed people get jobs and it frustrated me that it felt like we just kept doing the same things. We either changed the name or we tweaked a little bit, but we never actually really went out and talked to people. We assumed that they were no-hopers that didn't want jobs and we treated them that way and that frustrated me. Uh, I wanted to try different things. I believe that actually if you inspire people to greater things that they'll step up to the plate. So that was a big part of, I guess, my frustration 
And I didn't really, I guess in hindsight, I wasn't necessarily that great at upwards management. So I didn't, I, I liked to speak up and try and get people to think differently. But in government, that doesn't always come across as you being the person who's willing to toe the line and do what needs to be done. So after you hit that point of bad luck, it's like, I don't like really calling it, but it's, wow, that's a lot of bad things at once. <laughs> How did you go about the changing your life? What decision did you make? What actions did you take? Well, I guess what I did was started to, I had this, I guess in my mind, I just had this constant thought that, you know, life's too short to be doing something that makes you feel so miserable. Like I looked, my brother was only 37 years of age and my mum was relatively young and healthy. I realised that just because it wasn't just very old and very sick people that, that passed away and that there was things that I wanted to do. So that was kind of the catalyst. And then I, I went back to work initially. I, you know, went through all the treatment, went back to work, realised things hadn't changed and that I really needed to sort of shift in my mind and move myself from this comfortable job that had been supporting me for a long time to being braver and thinking about what it is I really wanted to do. I took some time out and I had an opportunity that, you know, not everybody has to actually leave my job with a bit of a redundancy payment. So it gave me a little bit of time to start thinking about what it is that I wanted to do, what I felt were my skill sets and how I could bring value to the world. So how did you discover your deep dive heart first system? Well, I guess that was the the way I went through. When I looked back and thought about what I did to move myself forward, that was the steps that I've put into deep dive heart first, the steps that I had to go through. So you know, to start with, I really had to be committed to myself and I had to be- start believing in myself. And then you know, I had to think, I had to think about all the, you know, the things that I actually did love doing that I also felt that I was quite good at doing and enjoyed doing. And I did a lot of personal development work in removing limiting decisions and beliefs and emotions that were keeping me stuck where I was. And then, you know, then I got to the fun bit and started looking and thinking, well, what are the skills I've got? What what do I want to be known for? How do I want to go back out in the world? So really deep dive heart first, which is my signature program, is all about the steps that I took to get from disillusioned with life to now living life in a way that I have more choice, I have more freedom, I choose how much work I do or I don't do, I am developing this program and this business that is helping other women do the same thing and I just, I love doing that. I love seeing women realise that they can take control of their lives and that that they can direct their lives. So, yeah, it was basically my experience. I guess it's my experience and it's a combination of things I've learned over the years. So I'm qualified in NLP, 
So I do some of the work I do is around neuro-linguistic programming for those who don't know what NLP is. And that's about really taming this or using the power of your subconscious mind to help you shift beliefs that are holding you back and to think about things in new and different ways. And over obviously, you know, 20, 30 years of work, you know, the leadership skills, how I manage teams, some of the other programs that I did myself over the years, I guess I've brought that all together. And what I've tried to do is put it in into one place or one program because when I was at that point where what next, I couldn't really find anything exactly like what I was looking for. So Deep Dive Heart First is the culmination of what I was looking for back then when I knew I needed to move and make big changes, but I had no idea where to start. So you mentioned NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. How did you get into NLP and what changes in your life did you notice? I Well, NLP, I guess, came into my life, well, probably 15-plus years ago. It was just one of those random, you know, events you see that was a free weekend to start with, and I went along and listened, and I was fascinated by the ability of the mind to change things to yourself so and not to have to spend like years in therapy and things like that that your mind could actually once you put your mindset to it that you could change things quite easily and at the time I decided I would do all the certifications for that so I spent a year and a bit uh, on and off doing you know the programs for the coaching for the for the NLP coaching and some of the other programs that they did you know, during that, the, the best thing about learning that was also the fact that, you know, while you're practicing and doing things and learning, you're also shifting some of your own beliefs and you're shifting things that, you know, one of them, for example, was I didn't realize that I had a bit of a hang up about being different and doing something for myself. And, and you know, when I sort of unpacked it a bit through some of the NLP work that we did, I realised that, you know, my dad was, you know, he was one of those old-fashioned men who believed you worked hard to get what you did, what you got out of life, and that you stuck to the, the, stuck to the rules and that you just got a job and you just kept working hard and that was it. And I realized that part of that was keeping me stuck. And so, you know, through some of the techniques that we use, I was able to release most of that so that, you know, I can now, I don't, I don't get hung up anymore or stuck in that space. And which is great because now I'm sort of walking this entrepreneurial journey that obviously requires you to think quite differently than if you're sort of sitting being an employee somewhere. So I'm curious, my assumption is that you find your current work more fulfilling and invigorating. So now that you are living more invigorated with your work, how what changes in your life have you noticed and in yourself? I'm definitely happier and I have a lot more energy. So that's one of the things that was really key to me because I, you know, pre-change I was always tired. I never had time for anything. I never wanted to socialize. Whereas I now have two young grandchildren. I look after Harry one day a week and I can do that. I choose the days that I I work and the sort of type of work that I do. So I don't ever get to a point 
where I'm feeling overburdened by work. I can work as much if I'm having like a week where I'm not feeling that good, I can slow down on the work. You know, some weeks I feel really energized and I do a lot more work. I am a morning person. So I often get up at four in the morning and do, you know, three or four hours of work and then I can take a break and I can go and keep my health in control by going for a swim in the middle of the day or taking the dog for a walk. It's all of those things that have changed for me, whereas before when I was doing the nine to five and this this whole under this whole view that you, know, you had to work hard to get somewhere in your life, I was working an 80-hour week. I would sometimes be at work at seven in the morning through to nine at night and I just kept working harder and harder and harder. And, the, you know, the more you did, the more they gave you to do without necessarily, I guess, you feeling like it was that you were appreciated for that work. I mean, government sort of get just gets a bit got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. And so you just keep keep trying to churn things out, whereas that's not the way I work anymore. And even when I do, you know, I do sometimes do contract work for government still in for short periods of time, it's still on my terms. It's on my terms and I don't get sort of caught up in that. But what I love most is the choice and the fact that I'm healthier for it. I have way more energy. I'm sure I smile more and I laugh more and I'm more appreciative of just just life, just, yeah, taking one day at a time. So what does it look like working for for working with you? Working with me? I like to think I'm fairly sorry, I was going down a completely different path for a minute there because I'm actually talking to someone about coming on board and helping me with some work at the moment. Right, okay, refresh. I would like to think that I think people would who've worked with me would say that I inspire people to be bigger or better or think think more differently than they sort of often dare to dream for themselves. I'm a hard taskmaster in the from the point of view that I have things that I know that you need to do that I want you to get done, but I think I also do that in a bubble of a lot of love and a lot of support. I know a couple of the people who I've worked with recently um, and I was just looking through a couple of testimonials that um, they've, they've sort of sent in over the last couple of weeks and they talk about feeling very supported. And the other thing I think that they really like is the fact that I love to, I love to push boundaries and think outside the square and think about you know, what's the best people can do, not just just not not just what's you know, what's just going to not what is just going to change, make you feel a little bit better, but what's really going to make your heart sing. And I think that people who've worked with me would say that that's that they're the sorts of things that I like to do with them is you know, get them to start thinking differently about things. And one of my passions is actually around future future workplaces and what the future of work will look like and even what future lives are going to look like. So I'm very much at the moment about uh, kind of pushing people to think about the fact that if they live for 100 years, what is that going to look like? 
you know, what are they thinking about? How are they going to make that life, one life they have that's going to be a long life, something that they love getting up to every day and not just, okay, move from being a secretary to being a receptionist, but, you know, what are, what are the new types of work out there? What are the skills that you can bring? What can you learn to do something a little bit different that's going to also bring a smile to your face? So I think people would say I'm quite innovative and I like to sort of, you know, like I said, push boundaries or help people push their own boundaries. But I think that I like to do that in a, in a bubble of, of love and compassion because, you know, people come from so many different stories that sometimes you have to go at your pace. So I don't ever want to push anyone further than what their, what their pace will give them because change comes from within. It doesn't come from me telling you change. So one of the women I'm working with at the moment, it's come fairly recently out of quite a negative and poor relationship. So, you know, you've got to sort of help women step through that as much as just send them out into the world and say, go, go change everything. It's about an approach that is personalized and works for each person that I work with. Speaking of the people that you work with, do you have any fun success stories you'd like to share? So I'm working with someone at the moment who it's interesting because she got retrenched a couple of years ago and she has been doing bits and pieces work. But when she came, she was she was frustrated because she couldn't get another full-time job and she felt like she was too old or too experienced or not experienced enough and all of those sorts of things, which are all, I think, thought processes that a lot of lots of us go through. And we worked on some of those limiting beliefs in a way that she, you know, she's now, well, what we're doing now is we're actually, this is really kind of exciting, we're actually creating effectively what will be, what's a job that doesn't really exist now that she can do and develop as part of like a small business consultancy sort of concept around the things that she loves and all the work experience that she's had. And at the moment, we're literally writing what what this new job would look like and who would be her clients and how she can go out and get them. And that's really exciting because, you know, I can see a lot of future in her space. We've come up with a, we've even come up with a new term that we're going to sort of look at trademarking and all of those sorts of things. So that's that's a really cool example, I guess, at the moment that of uh, a young lady. I'm, well, she wouldn't call herself that young. She's younger than me. That I'm working on who's in the UK, and I think there was there's another lady I worked with recently who was trying to fit into what everybody else wanted of her. Who wanted like everybody said, you should do this, you should do that. And then when I talked to her. You know, that wasn't what I was hearing. And I said, well, why wouldn't you do this thing that you've told me a hundred times you love doing? Oh, well, that's not what people think you should do. So we've gone through this whole process of, I guess, changing her beliefs about what she can do and that she has the choice and then starting to look at those skills that she has and that thing she, she loves working with jewellery and how we can create something new in that space just for her. And that's the things that I love doing the most. That is awesome. 
We are coming to the end of our time together. One thing I like to ask my guests is to do a one minute of motivation. You can't imagine this as if you have a time machine and you're going back in time to your eight-year-old self. You need to convey everything you want to live a happy, joy-filled life. But unfortunately, you only have a minute until you're plopped back into the future. Or you can think of it as if you're going to put your entire life's purpose message into a minute. So are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> ah, let's go. Okay. If you're listening to me out here at the moment, what I want you to hear and to understand most importantly is you have the power to control the life that you want. Whether you have crap happen in your life and whether you know you feel like you are not as well off as other people is of no consequence if you can figure out that thing in this world that you really love and want to do. And for women who are the people that I work with, the most important thing is to learn to step into your own power, to teach your daughters to step into their own power, to stand up and be counted so that the thing that you're on this planet to do conspires with everybody else doing the same thing and lifts the energy of the world that we live in so that for all of us it's a better place where we work is better where we how we live is better the people we serve and the people we want to enjoy our lives with we can do that and that life becomes more than just doing it as as life comes to us we actually make a plan and we go for it and we take it by our hands and we lovingly craft it in a way that we know what we're going to be doing for the next 20 years and beyond. We, ha- we believe in ourselves. We know that we're on this planet to serve others in some way, shape or form, and we can go out and do that. And every, every woman that does that contributes, and every man, to be honest, who does that contributes to a higher power and a higher energy in this world which I believe will make it a better place for everybody to live and love. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I very much enjoyed listening to your story on how you had a government job that was unfulfilling and didn't really hit that sweet spot of, plus it made you have that belief that you needed to work harder and harder and harder and harder to get what you want, but you just felt like you're on that treadmill until unfortunately sad circumstances cause you to reevaluate your life and making you decide that, wait a second, life is meant to be enjoyed. And so you did the work on yourself to be able to enjoy life. And then you got to the point where you can utilize everything that you learned and then help other people do the same. So thank you so much for everything you do. And thank you for being on my podcast. Uh, you're welcome, Brett. It's been lovely to be here today. And uh, I wish you and all your listeners a lot of a, a great life. May your day be special. And there you have it, folks. That is my interview with Ingrid Cookie. I appreciate how Ingrid talked about how she was unsatisfied with her life and then made a change. It's always inspirational to listen to someone who's able to change their lives. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast is listening to people with their inspiring stories. And Ingrid did share with us her inspiring story on how she changed her mindset and continually changed her mindset. Pretty much what I was talking about before. 
in my part one, as I like to call these. Part one, this is part two. How, how interesting is that? But she also helps other people as well, which is awesome. Serving others is just beautiful. So if you're ready to be served by Ingrid, this message is for all my listeners who think they deserve a better job and a life you are in love with. If you know you have a feeling of overwhelm that is affecting more than your work, it's affecting your relationships and your health. If you feel stuck, a little nervous of change, and don't know where to start, then identifying what's holding you back is a great place to start. You are not alone in feeling stuck and unchallenged in this work and wanting more. Ingrid has been there and her programs are full of tools, not just a lot of theory to move you forward. She will happily work with you at your own pace. You might not think changing your career and designing your life is even imaginable right now until you take the first step. So as an offer to my listeners, she has set aside time in her diary over the next two weeks to give everyone who wants to know more a free, no-obligation, 40-minute purpose clarity breakthrough session to help you identify your biggest blockers at work and what to do instead so that you can change your life that you are living now. So pop over to the link that's in the doobly-doo in the description and get ready to change your life and book your time. Thank you for listening to episode 105. Of course, if you made it this far, know that I love you very much. You're an amazing person, and I appreciate you for who you are, for supporting me. You are amazing. Most people don't support me. It's just been a lonely road all these years of trying to get something positive in my life. But you're there, and I appreciate you. So if you want to email me for any reason, you can email me at bre2ts, dupr2es at joysexpansion.com. Check me out at joysexpansion.com. You can also check me out kind of at breaddupree.com. Someday I'll finish that. And, of course, I'm Joyce Expansion on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and also increase your joy at Facebook because my SEO game sucks. I'm also Brett Dupree on TikTok. Check me out. I am, once again, Brett Dupree, your champion, authentic joy, catalyst of transformation for the Church of Awesome and Joyce Expansion Life Coach. Wishing you once again to be love, to be joy, to be awesome. Now play that jingle. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Come and say hello to Brad Dupree. He is an inspirational life coach. Good for you and good for me. He turned my life from gray to blue. I'm sure he'll do the same for you. Get in touch and you'll see. Your life will change dramatically. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Yeah!